You have to be more consistent. We get this question all the time. Stop paying for the expensive masterminds. They don't work. No, 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 you're overcomplicating it. It's so much easier than that. Okay, here's exactly what to do. And how to do it. Hey, I'm Ryan. I'm Corey. Welcome to the MCO Advisors Podcast. This 42-minute episode is about organic reach. We also have a nice live chat with one of our members about using specific language to talk to your niche. Good good morning, everybody. I did. How was your weekend? It was good. I I mean, shit, in the Northeast, the weather's unbelievable. I can't complain. Yes, absolutely. Um, This is like the, what, the third or fourth 70-degree day in a row. I think I'll find a reason to go outside um, somewhere in the middle of the day. We're making up for uh, that Memorial Day that was like, I think we had hats and gloves on. Absolutely. It's terrible. <laughs> um, so today, what are we doing, man? I'm excited to talk about, uh, I'm excited to talk about organic reach. And it's something that you mentioned as, as we're going through our list of uh, topics for the week, as we're doing now on the weekend. And I got excited about this one because I wanted to see where you were going with it. I have obviously my own thoughts, but I wanted to see the direction and what you were thinking. So in terms of what is organic reach? So when you think of this, what does that mean to you? And uh, why do you, why is it so important? Why is it the topic of the day? I think the reason that I want to talk about it is because it's, I, I feel like it gets tossed around like so casually that, that people take it for granted of what it actually is. Like organic reach was something that we all benefited from in social media five or six, seven years ago when Facebook was kind of in its heyday and Instagram was getting going. Um, and there's organic reach taking place again now. It kind of went away for a little bit, but it's it's back. And it's only available, it's only happening in two places. Um, and, and so what organic reach is, let's take a second and take a step back. Organic reach is when, um, let's say you put something out into, let's just use LinkedIn for an example, or, or social media feed without naming names, right? Let's say you put, you, you, you create a post. Now that post technically will likely only go to the people who are connected to you or following you. But what organic reach does is it takes it and it puts it in front of people that are most likely to engage with it. And how the platform knows that is it knows who has liked things in the past. It knows who you're connected to. And then when someone likes the post that you put out, it shows it to their connections and their followers. And then what happens is if someone that's connected to them or following them likes it, it shows it to the next group of people, right? So you could put out a simple post. And this is exactly what happens when you put something out that all of a sudden 30 people, 40 people like, and you don't know half of them. And you're like, how the hell did this find its way to them? And it's because you put it out. I liked it. Then the people following and connecting to me liked it. And then the people following and connected to them liked it and so on and so forth. Um, so organic reach is when the platforms, plural platforms, manipulate the behind the scenes kind of algorithm, and they're putting out content in front of others that they're most likely to engage with. So I'll leave what organic reach is there for a moment and let you digest that. Yeah, um, I always, you know, obviously the the, the web of, of where that can go is, is kind of forever. And that's the important side of it. It's like social word of mouth, which leads back to regular word of mouth. When you're talking about online, maybe you communicate in the comments and then maybe you see that person later and you have that real conversation. That's how I think marketing really works. 
Um, so it's not always somebody seeing your post and, you know, reaching out to you directly in the messages. It, it really carries far because friends of friends are seeing it and people who see each other, you know, in real time. Uh, so it's, it's, it's super important and something I've always focused on and why I always try to dodge all the tricks is because I wanted the truest, you know, organic reach of making sure that when somebody's liking my post, it's somebody I want to talk to and hopefully somebody they're connected with because then I'm growing the right network and not just a network. Correct. So let's, let's take it a step further. Um, organic reach is really only happening in two places right now. Uh, one of them is LinkedIn and the other one is TikTok. So organic reach came about and was very popular with, uh, you know, where did this uh, come from? I feel like LinkedIn has been around for a long time. And now it seems to be like everybody's jumping on here and realizing the reach. Did this just randomly happen? Is it something that we've been missing for the last couple of years? Um, what do you, do you know why something uh, like this starts? About 18 months ago, um, LinkedIn kind of doubled down on it and and they made LinkedIn, the social platform, one of their, you know, Microsoft bought LinkedIn and, and kind of or owns LinkedIn and has made it one of the pillars um, of, of their focus. It has been the social platform and growing it. And the reason they would do this is because if they can create a platform that more people ha- are putting their eyeballs on every day and using, it becomes a much more valuable tool to start to sell and continue to sell advertising. Completely agree. Okay, continue. So, so we got LinkedIn and Facebook. Yeah. I mean, sorry, LinkedIn and... Um, LinkedIn um, and TikTok. TikTok are really the mm-hmm. only two places you can find organic reach right now. Now, organic reach came about with Twitter years ago, and then Facebook, and then uh, Instagram. And But since, those platforms have leveled out and plateaued, and they don't need or have a, a use for the organic reach anymore. So the question is, why do they do that? Um, why would organic reach not be in need of Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter? Uh, and here's the reason. It's it's the most simple thing, it, right? Organic reach helps the platform grow early. It helps them grow because there are more people in the feed. There's more eyeballs in the feed than there is consumable content. And what that means is... Uh, we didn't go to LinkedIn. This is this answers your question perfectly. We didn't go to LinkedIn years ago, Ryan, to consume content. We went there to post a resume, to look for a job, and to make a connection with mm. the senior VP at so-and-so to get that next job, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there was not a whole lot of eyeballs in the feed consuming content because there wasn't a whole lot of consumable content there. So what LinkedIn is doing is they're pushing the organic reach so that folks create more content and then they take that content and they put it in front of the eyeballs. Um, so they're, b- bottom line, organic reach is done by a platform to help them grow because there are more people in the feed that are ready to consume content than there is content. So does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, and then I think the next question is what happens next? And what will happen next? And this is why we push taking advantage of these moments in time and these land grabs is because what happens next is the content, the level of consumable content reaches and matches the amount of eyeballs in the feed. And then they pull the throttle back on the organic reach. And then to get in front of people, you have to pay for it. And how long do you think it takes something like that to happen? We're getting closer. I mean, I will say that you can even think about, right? Uh, think about a post you may have put out six months ago. It probably, depending on the post, I mean, you've, we've all gotten better at what we're doing and understanding the algorithms or, and, and the behaviors. But there are definitely times when you put stuff out, you notice it doesn't go as far as it once did. Right. So what's happening is they're behind the scenes literally manipulating 
how much they push the organic reach in the algorithm versus how much they allow that reach to go because they want you to advertise. They want you to spend money. So it's a balance. It's a very tricky balance. But once it's gone, it's gone because they won't have to come back to it. Like when I post an Instagram, someone watching this who doesn't follow me on Instagram does not see it. You can't see it. It doesn't. It, Instagram will put in front of you the people that you follow and advertisements, period. Right. So you have to actually seek it out by going to hashtags and searching and uh, the same thing on Facebook and the same thing on like it, that's the way it works once the organic reach is gone and it doesn't come back. So that's why it is so important to take advantage of where we're at right now and putting out highly consumable content. So I've been thinking about this, too. And like I want to talk about at least TikTok for a second and not just TikTok, the app, but it, like the concept of of new platforms showing up and and starting as something and then becoming something else. The yep. idea to me is that TikTok started as as a dance app for for teenagers. I think everybody looked at it as and then it slowly became um, a, a platform where people started posting original content um, and, and just me searching on there and looking. I've seen a lot of uh, adults and, and or people my age making references like if you've if you've been woken up by this commercial i just saw something and it was uh, just an old time commercial of like when you fall asleep on the couch if you've woken up to this then you were born in the 1980s or something like that i was right at the end at 88 and that had like 200,000 likes not just not just views it was it was like a couple million views so mm-hmm. it makes me realize that it doesn't take long for these platforms to age up anymore. And I think people get stuck at looking at something as where it first started, the first impression of what an app is, but they all kind of become the same thing, right? It becomes a place where people grow businesses. Some people become famous. And if there's enough eyes there, then advertisements start coming. So I'm with so all that glad being you're, said, you're talking about this. Keep going. With all that being said, what do you think it means to an advisor should they spend time, even if it means growing a personal brand, just for the sake of the organic reach? And do you think it can lead back to business? Say, say you don't have any approval to be a financial advisor, but let's say you you have a hobby or something. What do you think about taking some of that time just because of that land grab moment? On TikTok? Yeah. This is where I battle between business and personal brand because... It's hard to tell somebody like if somebody's naturally funny, of course, you want to grow like your AUM and, and whether you're building financial plans and all that stuff. But also, if we're talking about branding and somebody becomes famous on TikTok and then they Google you and they find your website, are you, you know, even if it's something completely different, do you, do you think we could agree that that would lead to business as well? Times a thousand. I think what you're doing is you're creating attention. So it's not business. You're, you're out there creating attention. And, and if right. the attention creates if it's positive attention, that attention likely will result in business eventually. Um, if an advisor in our program, you know, came to us and said, I'm not doing anything on social, where should I start? I would not tell them TikTok. Now, if they said, I'm kicking ass on LinkedIn, I'm kicking ass on Facebook and Instagram, and I'm out there just hustling and doing things, what else is there? I'd say, have you explored TikTok? Right. So I wouldn't make it the first place you go, but I also wouldn't um, ignore it completely. I, I wouldn't ignore it at all. I really like TikTok. I just think for most advisors, you know, talking to our audience, for most, they're not even doing enough on the platforms that they should be. Uh, so, you know, I, I love TikTok. I just wouldn't make it your number one right now if, if you're not paying attention and doing things on the other platforms. Yeah. 
And the reason I say that is because when everybody goes back down the cadence of the social platforms, you're they're like, where should you spend your time posting? Everybody says LinkedIn. I think we could agree. Also, you're saying TikTok with the organic reach. And then when you get to Facebook and Instagram, you're back to ads because of the organic reach doesn't take you there. So that's where I come up with the conversation and always wonder, you know, is it worth it to say, I know we're talking about your job here. And we're also talking about you being a a financial advisor. Um, but if you can't even put the label of financial advisor in your name, you know, you could just put a dad or something like that and make funny, funny videos with your family. Or if you, if you like to highlight your dog, you can, you can make your dog a TikTok, And honestly that can become famous. So just the idea of personal branding, I like to throw it out there and like to think like that because it's hard for me. Of course, we want to focus on advisors and tell them where they should spend their time as an advisor, but it's hard for me not to tell somebody with with a personality or with some creative insight not to at least spend some time on there just to practice to see where it can take you um because i've seen a lot of people on tiktok who or i mean a lot of people on linkedin who take their efforts to tiktok and do even better if not just as well because their creative really comes out i agree with that i i don't i think people approach it wrong it's like i I think a lot of advisors might hear this and they're like how do i apply my financial prowess to a platform like tiktok and you're not that's not the way to do it i think it's do you enjoy and find what's going on on TikTok entertaining and fun? And can you add to that through X, Y, or Z? It doesn't have to be anything financially related, like you said. I mean, if you're a financial advisor and you have, let's just say you have a junior in the office or something, or one of your children is home from school for the next month uh, or however, you know, over the holidays or whatever, and they're going to spend some time helping you in the office, that's a perfect time to do something. And um, it could be some little quirk that you do, like you suck at making coffee and you always do it wrong. And you just have your daughter, son or daughter who's in the office with you, you know, start start the TikTok account of dad can't make coffee like kind of thing like right 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 that's the stupid silly innocuous stuff that it's in the work environment it has nothing to do with work and suddenly you've got 1200 12000 followers because you spilled freaking coffee grinds all over the counter every time you try to do it right yep yeah completely agree um, here's one you tip you, I, I just don't want to get too far away here you you said something earlier about um the platforms and what's next. I think you alluded to that. And this is something that's, or you said the platforms age up so quickly, right? Um, and here's an old kind of thing that, that people need to consider once uh, parents and grandparents catch up to the, the youth on a platform, the youth are like, um, you know, this is a bad term, but like cockroaches in the light. They're like, get me the hell out of here. Like when my mom and my aunts and uncles start to be the ones who are, engaging with my LinkedIn stories the most, it sends off a signal, right? It's like, whoa, like, where's where's my friends engaging with this? Um, so the reason I bring that I'm up cool. is, right? <laughs> the reason I bring that up is look what I saw this morning. I, I Look who's making a comeback. Yeah. So I'm wondering. What do you think it is? I think the kids are scattering back to Snapchat after their parents and grandparents have all become familiar in uh, using Instagram. Cause I've seen a lot of people go there too, but I agree that maybe not as many because there are some of like my wife was on there and then her parents and her, her brother, but then her mom was watching them and, and, and engaging with them through there. I would say maybe it didn't hit um, grandparents as quickly, but well, she has a grandparent now, but so yeah, I don't know. Um, it's interesting to it's interesting to see how that happens. I mean, and that that goes to show too why you spend so much time touching on all these little platforms, and you say like I, I can't I can't be there. 
So that's why we also, everybody suggests the main focus and why we're saying, you know, spend time on LinkedIn or depending on who you're talking to really. Um, and where, where should you spend your time? Because there's, you know, eventually there's going to be 10 famous platforms and it's like, what are people going to do? Uh, unless you have a team behind you, you know, how are you going to be able to sustain content across all of those? Well, there won't be. And that's, I mean, there will be 10, but it'll be like, let's be very clear. It's going to be just like the TV networks. Like, sure, there are 10 TV networks that can compete for our attention, but there's really for each person, only a small handful that we all pay attention to because you can't watch everything. Like right. you might be a NBC, ESPN, HGTV, E-Network. Like there's only so many that that, that the Stark household is going to consume versus there's CBS, ABC, Fox, NBC, right? You, you can't watch them all. Um, and the same thing is going to happen with social media. So while there may be 10, the uh, demographic will shift and continue to migrate to where it makes sense. And the point that I made this morning was I haven't seen Snapchat near the top of the app platforms, the most popular trending app platforms in years. I mean, Snapchat was cool in 2016 and Instagram stole all the features. Snapchat went to hell. And now what we're seeing is I think it's making a comeback because I think the kids and the youth, the cool are, are leaving Instagram because their family's there. And they're like, this isn't fun anymore. And they're going back to somewhere that feels more like the party than it does the Thanksgiving dinner with your family. That's interesting. What do you think? Do you spend any time on Snapchat? I used to love Snapchat with the whole stories, right? Because Instagram didn't have stories. And then mm-hmm. um, once Instagram got stories, Snapchat has, does a terrible job with organic reach. It only They only do, you know, if, if you're following people, are the only people that you can, they can see you. So if if they address that organic reach thing, I'll definitely go explore Snapchat again. It was a fun platform. It's it's It does a much better job with the AR, VR stuff, like putting things on pictures and stories. So I'll yeah. certainly check it out. I liked it, except for the fact that when you got to like news or something, it felt very tabloidy. You know, it felt like uh, it just didn't feel credible in a sense. So even if it was trying to be entertaining, it was like a nice place to engage. And maybe that was because of the age group it was trying to go to. But you also have to think about the vibe you put off when you put out content that feels like that. Um, But you're right. You know, I'm super excited to see. You know, if I I, I love that, uh, I love how you thought about that or like the theory that's coming with it. And I, I, do you think um, do you think people will bounce around or do you think like where does it where does it go from here in terms of Snapchat? What would make you think that everybody's back? Do you just pay attention to the numbers or how do you uh, how, how do you focus on the improvement? Help me understand the question a little bit better. So like if you see everybody, if you think everybody's going to Snapchat, um, what what would confirm that for you? Do you just look at monthly users in terms of how many people are going back to it or do you look at like uh, what determines that that theory for you? Yeah, I, I don't look at any of the data. I think, um, hello, Naresh. I don't look at any of the data. I, I look at behavior. Like, And I use myself as the proxy. I'll use my brother. I'll use um, cousins, uh, nephews, nieces, right? So I've got um, some nieces that are in that getting into that high school age. I'll use them as a bit of a proxy. I used to ask our um, we had a babysitter slash nanny come help with our twins a couple years ago. And I used to ask her all the time what platform she was in. And it was, she was like, I literally just spend all day in Instagram, no Twitter, no Facebook, just Instagram. It was, this was kind of before TikTok. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I, that's how I kind of find out. And um, you don't know though, till you do it and you t- until you get in there and then you get in there and the, the, the app matches with your phone and matches with your stuff. And it tells you that, holy shit, you've got, 
90 contacts that are already here. And then you're like, mm -hmm. whoa, all right, now it's real. So that's how I do it. Everyone's different. Um, I, I can just tell you in 2016, I had a really hard time seeing how Snapchat was growing their audience because unless you literally friended people, it didn't make any suggestions for you. It didn't like you wouldn't ever connect with anybody there. Yeah. Yeah, it, th interesting thing about, uh, I guess, LinkedIn to me is the updates it gives you and the alerts it gives you. Every morning I wake up with the most random thing. Like sometimes obviously it tells you there's a birthday or somebody had a job for a random amount of time or like this one person had a post and I'm like, I, I don't know where that came from or why it told me. It's just one of the interesting things. I don't know why it made me think of that as we're talking about the platforms, but um, it's interesting too. I wonder as a viewer, you know, I've jumped around a little bit as somebody who doesn't post on every platform. So I spent a lot of time because my, like I said, my wife was on Snapchat and her brother and they would send me stuff, but I didn't really use it much. So I was one of those lurker people on that platform. And I wonder yeah. if you're a viewer, if it matters where you're jumping or where you go, if you're just going to go to the next new thing, you know, I've kind of trailed off of Instagram, but it's partly because of, you know, business and, and work. So I guess, you know, life kind of trailed me away and I still go there every once in a while, but um, I think it's starting to, uh, it's starting to feel like Facebook for some reason to me. I, and, I, uh, I've yeah. beyond, I mean, look, I logged out of Instagram for two months because I felt like I was just looking at the same stuff over and over. And it became very heavily weighted towards celebrities, which, you know, is fine, but the advertising is out of control. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's everywhere. And I found it to be a lot less fun. And I've, not to sit here and promote LinkedIn, but I felt a lot more engaged on LinkedIn and and have been finding a lot more entertainment on LinkedIn. And and another one that I really like is I just go into the Google feed and Google now will populate stories based on my search history that that all pertain to stuff. You know, if I'm looking for news, that's that's mm -hmm. a good place to go. But everybody's different. Um, I will say and and continue to kick the kick the door down on this. Hi, Mabel and Olive. Um, I I. Uh, I'm going to be sad when we miss or, or when the organic reach disappears. Cause as these platforms mature, it's going to disappear and it's, it's not cool. Like it, it sucks when it disappears. Cause then you only, your, your community shrinks and then you only talk to the people that you're connected to. And then you've got to pay to be in front of people. And it's, it's just not the same. So that's why it's like, take advantage of what's going on right now on these platforms that are providing the organic reach that they're providing. Yeah. And why it's also a huge deal to create relationships while you can spend the time here really getting to know people. And I always try to take people off of social media and contact in any which way uh, just because of that, because once social media isn't there and I don't think a social media necessarily will ever go away, but there's always going to be a new platform and you just never know if you're going to be talking to the same people. So that's why I'm big on relationship building throughout the way. Um, yeah, but dude, it's uh, I, this just sparked like another thing for me that like I'm really passionate about. And and if if I was having an offline meeting with an FA who was in you know had real uh, tight restrictions on their platform, I would encourage them maybe to move on because this we talked about this with you and Penny on Friday. Once these BDs or or once wh wherever you work, right? If you have really tight restrictions on what you can do with marketing, once they eventually lift that you've missed the boat because the, the organic reach and the platforms are already going to be matured. And then it's going to be like, well, now we're available to get there and we could post there. And it's like, well, good luck. Cause you got to pay a shitload of money to be in front of people now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That That's kind of what I go back to with TikTok or something. It's like, 
somebody says, where do I go for my business? And if you're, but you know, if you're not allowed to be on LinkedIn, you're not going to be able to be on TikTok. So I have to tell somebody, well, if you're that constricted, like, let's just go organic reach then, you know, let's just try to promote your personal brand organically and figure mm-hmm. out how to do that because you're so stuck. And maybe that's the problem that everybody does is they're all trying to stay at the same competition level. So you have somebody from Edward Jones who may be not allowed to post videos competing with somebody from LPL who's allowed to post them daily without having to go through compliance. And that's just a very difficult thing to do because their personality can get out there quicker and, and faster. And it, it's, it's, it's kind of demoralizing to climb that way. And it makes me wonder in terms of the advice, you know, we're giving to advisors of where they should spend their time and where they should spend time competing. Yeah, I would, I mean, that would keep me up at night. If, if, if you ask me stuff that keeps me up at night, not being able to promote myself would keep me up at night, like being beholden I'm supposed to be an entrepreneur and then being beholden to these rules that limit what I can do as an entrepreneur would be very difficult for me um, to live with. So, you, you know, you mentioned Jones, there's obviously others, but uh, course, you got to yeah, get exactly. creative. Like if, if you're in one of these firms that locks you down, like we got to get creative in how we get your message and how we build your brand. Cause uh, that is, that's tough, man. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, if you have your profile and then you can do whatever you want, that's why I go big on personal branding, because at least your your profile can end up being like your homepage. It can be like your website that people go back to. If they think a picture is funny or something about whatever sport you're into or whatever you're doing, you know, if it's the only thing you can, you can do, that's why you have to do it to the fullest. So it's really interesting of of having these conversations and figuring out where you should, you should spend your time and what you should do. And then it makes you wonder if you're going to be talking about golf on here, should you just go talk about golf on TikTok and see where that goes too? So at these conversations, I think marketing has no, no, you know, concrete answer. I think there are best practices you can do and best places you can spend your time. And it depends on your perfect situation or your, your specific situation. Um, if but, I'm in one of those situations, you just said golf, right? So if I'm in, if I'm in a BD or working with a firm that really locks me down, I am making my hobby X, Y, like one, two, and three of things I post about. And I'm going to become like, if carpentry is your thing on the weekends, like be you know, the finance carpenter. And we, we, in our, we talked about this in our community. We sent, you know, an email went out on this, I think a month and a half ago. It's in our private Facebook group, like name, create a brand, not, you know, that that's a cousin to your brand and then go crazy, go ham on it. Like you're a carpenter. You love doing that stuff on the weekends. You're rebuilding the garage, start posting and creating all that stuff and be like, Hey, it's the finance carpenter coming in, you know, Saturday morning, here's what we're working on. And and just do that. Double down on that. That's going to bring people into your funnel like that guys, please. Here's an interesting question. What are your thoughts on being a thought leader? Is that important on LinkedIn, Facebook website? I think a thought leader in general, I mean, you're catching me. That's kind of a, that's a vague one. So get get a little bit more specific. Um, I'm not sure who this I'll, is coming in. As uh, yeah, I don't know. It just says LinkedIn user. I'm not sure if it would show you. Yeah, whatever. Else. Get a little bit no, more specific really. about it if you can. No. Uh, just ask another question here. But I would say anyone who's a thought leader, um, if you have something to say that people are willing to consume, I, I mean, A plus, like, like do that, please. I need a little more context, though. I'm not really sure what that. Yeah, that, and that then I, I guess the reason I would ask more background too is you're saying like, is it important? I guess that means if you're trying to promote yourself as a thought leader, like, is that where you're spending your time? I would go, like I said, I would if if you're thinking in terms of generality of just that of like putting out, like I said, things that people are going to click with and be, being a thought leader in general. Um, 
then I would just go go organic. Now, if, now if you're an advisor and you're thinking of trickling that in, then I know that's where it gets that's that's iffy. May, I don't know how you would put it on your website, may, but I definitely put it into your content. One hundred. Let's be careful here. Like, are we saying? Are we saying in FA is calling themselves? Yeah, but like in FA yeah. calls himself a thought leader, right? Yeah, and and you very well are. So, like, let's be careful. I'm not going to advise you to post more content that no one engages with. I wouldn't do that, right? Like, if, if you want to sit here and talk yields and currency and inflation all day long as a thought leader, um, you're going to have to be really creative about how you do it because everyone's talking about that as a thought leader. So, um, now, if you're, like we said, if you're a thought leader that has some attention and that people are interested in hearing about, then, of course, it's important to be on LinkedIn, Facebook, website, everywhere. Watch it be somebody who's joking and we just couldn't see the name. So I don't know, like if it was somebody I knew who it was, then maybe I'd be able to pick it out. I don't know why it says LinkedIn user. Does that mean that we're not who does connected the, to some the soap sketches, right? Yeah. <laughs> the soap yeah. <laughs> yeah, Garrett. Yeah. That's what I, that's it. That's the first thing I thought of. It's like, what if he's just, what if somebody's messing around? He's like, Oh, no, I feel bad. they've been talking about it for five minutes. <laughs> um, no, but yeah. Um, you know, keep your, Keep your questions. Keep your questions coming. If you I had any. a post so, that that you saw, I know you saw it because you engaged with it. But I had a post that I was thinking about yesterday, mm-hmm. and uh, I put it out. Um, and it was asking the question like, if you ran into someone over the weekend that asked you what you do, and you told them what you did, and then they were interested in it and they wanted to learn more about what you do, like where would an advisor send them? Right. So I want people to think. I want advisors to think about this a little bit. Like, if someone asked you what you did. Because you, you um, let me pause, Ryan, you brought up using your social media page as kind of your tell all, right? Who you are, your foundation, your website. So if someone asks you at the kid's soccer game, who, you know, what do you do? And you tell them and they're like, oh, wow, they're really interested in it. And they're like, where can I find out more information? Are you as an advisor proud of where you're sending them? Like, are you, when, when you tell them where to go to do some due diligence on you, do you feel good about that? And I think that advisors need to think that through because did you just check a box and build a really crappy website and that you do have a place that people can find your address and stuff? Or do you have a place to go that people that you're proud about? And and is that your website or is that your LinkedIn page or where is that? So what what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of what I was thinking is I was thinking about the place where you can get to know me the most. But I'm I'm it's interesting you thought about that because, you know, I've been thinking about as I was posting every day and we talked about certain posts that I felt were were more, more emotional, which still seem to connect with everybody. But is that the is that the personality? Is that the the brand that I want to portray? You know, and I think about that a lot in terms of people going back to it. So I would still say um you know, I, I would still say in terms of me, I think a social media where I spend my time that my LinkedIn is the as the most extensive place where you can learn the most about me, find videos and find a lot of good posts. But it does when you ask me that question specifically, I did really start to reflect and think about everything I've posted, because in my mind, I always think like people are going to remember remember the good posts, um, but everybody's different and everybody really remembers re- remembers different posts. So it's important to, like you said, always be be proud of that spot of what you're doing and think about how you post in the content you put out. I think I would like, if someone asked what we did or whatever, like obviously I would share with them the website, but I wouldn't tell them that's the place they need to go to find out more. Like if, if you ask me what I'm about, I would say like, seriously, I'd be like, you know, take a look at my LinkedIn page and, and spend, you know, some time as much as time as you can going through that, um, you know, just kind of consuming some of that content because that kind of tells a story. Yeah, that's funny. 
thought leader within a certain group of people niche. How this is Clay from Jones. That's funny. Sorry, Clay. Clay. I don't know why it doesn't say Clay. It just says LinkedIn. I think we're even connected. So I don't know why it does that. Probably StreamYard's fault. Um, but yes, you know, I think, you know, thinking about how you're connecting with people, we'll get more specific on this. Maybe this is yeah, something that we'll hammer down and go you... back and forth because every time I see it, I have more questions and I don't just want to throw out, um, I guess, random answers, but my answer is probably going to be yes, but I'll at least, I'll at least, we'll, we'll at least get to the, get to the point and figure out why. Clay, we'll, we'll dig in collectively, the three of us on this, um, you know, as, as you've joined our group and our community, you know, that's, that's part of it is that we'll, we'll dig in on that. So putting out more information specific to a certain group, such as small business owners or is personal branding, greater value, both. Yeah. You got to do both there. Both. Um, and again, we'll tackle that. I don't want to overwhelm you by saying both because no, but they feed off of each other. So you're <laughs> thinking do, about all do. your thinking about all your content, like make a list for both. And then like Monday, do this Tuesday, do this Wednesday, do this. Like if that's what you need a schedule for something like that, but just, um, you know, both. It's really both. hard because Clay, yeah. right? Clay's job is to be a financial advisor. He's not, his job is not to be CMO. And that's kind of what, where Ryan and I tiptoe around this, um, is, is trying to, um, help you guys balance the fact that you need to be more active marketers, but you also do have a job that pays the bills. And we are very mindful of that. And I think we got to, you know, keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I loved Ryan's post yesterday, by the way. It's a good one, right? Yeah. It's um. so, it, so both of that, that's kind of what I mean though. Like, so, so you, you pep your, your language in and you become somebody, maybe you talk about that once a week or twice a week or three times a week, but, or, and then you throw in some personal branding and something about your family or something about your dog or something about your sport or whatever, just to give somebody a little bit of human aspect. So feel free to lean into exactly what I said. Um, for me personally, like I almost like doing 50, 50. Um, I just want, I, I believe that more people work with me because they like me as a person first. And then we kind of get into financial planning. You know, I talk to people, I either make them laugh or we have, they understand that I'm listening or I'm engaging with them. Like we click for some reason and it maybe it even has to do with financial planning, but then we really get into it. So that's, that's my goal. And I think everybody should have their different percentage of where they weigh, depending on who they are and how they feel and what you like, what you like talking about. But I definitely do both in the sense that speak the specific language, right? If you know engineers, talk in engineering yep. lingo. Um, if you talk to executives, just say the word executives or put it in your title or put it somewhere so people see that. Um, equity compensated executives is something like I always like to point to Ruffalo who does a great job because he's really smart at saying like crapping all over mutual fund companies who suck. But then when he's really doing financial planning, he puts his suit on and he talks to executives. So that's his that's his branding and he does an amazing job doing it. So that's somebody I'd like to look at, um, for, for how to mix that stuff in. I would really say, and, and I'm, I'm on board with what you're saying, right? I I think it's a balanced clay, right? It's, um, depending on your activity and the amount you can put out content when you are talking about your business. And if the niche, you know, if, if that niche market is a market you want to focus on, make sure that you do use the language that they speak. Um, but, you know, also blend that in with the personal stuff and then blend that in with, you know, some of the more high level stuff so that you're not excluding others. So it's just finding that balance, the pie chart, right? It's you've got that thing that's always moving and always shifting. It's this week it was 35% you, 20% speaking to the niche market, 32% speaking to the general audience, and then 12% just reposting facts. I have no idea if that adds up to 100. It probably doesn't. Um, I but my point is, it, it, you're the it's, advisor. You figure that out, Clay. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like when 
when we post, when I post <clears throat> and I want to speak to advisors, um, I make sure that I'm talking in a language that makes sense to them in the sense of like, I understand who they are and what their challenges are. If I just want to talk general marketing, obviously I pull that out. And then if I'm going to share something about my family, like there it is, like, but there's no hard and set rule. It's, it's a nice blend in my opinion, but we'll here's my in. reasoning. Here's my reasoning for this clay is because if, if you're talking about taxes and HSAs and Roths and all that stuff, there, there's, there's a couple hot topics in terms of financial planning of what you can talk about. And you can talk about it your own way. You can put your own spin on it. But at the end of the day, we're all grabbing at these opportunities um, and, and, and these kind of pillars of financial planning. So obviously, the, the more you know, the more you can share and you, you can put out a lot of value, but you're competing all in that same bucket. But when you're doing personal branding, I feel like you're you're competing with yourself um, and you're not really competing with anybody. And you, you put and that's when you start to differentiate, because then people see you already know what you're talking about, but they want to but they need to like you and get to know you. So that's why I'm so big on sharing something outside of financial advice, you know, pepper in your 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 language and then let people see the real you. And I think especially online when everybody's automatically rejecting and skeptical and things like that, like that's people want to see. They want to see real moments. They want to see real people. Thousand. Yep. Definitely. Um, unless there's some other questions, let's, uh, you know, we can wrap this one and um, we got some good topics yep. this week, some fun guests this week. So this will be a, a good week for shows. Wednesday is Nick Nielsen and the, the artist, man. Um, yeah, that was my post yesterday when I had Starry Night. If <laughs> that case that nobody knew, um, but that was uh, that's that's Nick Nielsen coming on Wednesday. I'm super excited to talk to him about about his drawings and how he's linked in to actually you know make money and bring in clients. It's something that not everybody is like, capable of done. And that's what I mean. Started, I'm, right? that's, that's what I mean. What what got your idea for drawings and did that take time? Because I've seen other people do it, and man, he kills it. I can tell when it's not him. It's like it's like when you watch a uh, like, uh, so, so I don't know. And any, any artist copy somebody else or do something different. It's like, you can see somebody trying, but man, he's, he's got it down. That's, that's, that's his thing. Um, so I'm super excited to talk to him about that. And then we have Andres from trust and wills. Um, excited. A lot of you, if you're an advisor have already talked to Andres and I'm super excited to talk to him about his personal branding mixed in with trust and wills, how he talks to estate planning. He's a great guy, very authentic. And I talked to him personally. Um, you know, a couple months ago, and then just decided to bring him on the show. Now, now that I'm doing this, but I'm very excited for him to come on too. So, two awesome guests. Um, still, you can join us every day, obviously at 9:30. But I'm super excited for Wednesday. Try to try to stop kicking my desk. Excited for Wednesday and Friday. And don't skip tomorrow. We'll have a good topic tomorrow too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're all going to be good. That's what I mean. You should always <laughs> be here, but definitely be here Wednesday and Friday. <laughs> you should cancel your meetings, ignore your clients' calls. Yeah nothing's important ignore that the market's um, up three and a half percent this morning yeah is it 9 30 yet is it crushing is it we start, it was we nuts before we started yeah calm down a little bit did you see it before <laughs> like in the, if anybody if anybody watches i'd obviously pays attention which i suggest nobody does but if any if financial advisors were watching the market it was like everybody was real excited for a little bit honestly it's still up really high depending on what stock you're looking at too i'm so overweight peloton right now like i have so much peloton stock and <laughs> i'm getting hammered this morning <laughs> <laughs> this show is not to provide any recommendations of any kind <laughs> although if you have a peloton bike you peloton, peloton, peloton. Hey, do you use it do you actually use it 
I use, I use Peloton six days. A week. Oh wait, do you have it? Do you have the Peloton or do you just like the stock? No, I, 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 you know, I only buy things that I use. Like that's the only way that I know how to invest because uh, I can't okay, get cool. into the fundamentals. Hey, you're supporting it. That's smart. It's something you believe in. Like I like it. So you actually do you use the bike often. Uh, I use the Peloton app and bike almost every day. Is it awesome? It is my half an hour away from the kids and it, I feel like a million bucks after I'm done every time. That's awesome. What does it do that makes it so cool? What's the experience it gives you? It's hip. The people, the music, um, the the intensity, the quality, uh, everything. Are you live with other people? Like, are you are you riding with other people when you're doing that, or what? What does that? What does the app do? Does it give you an exercise routine, or so the app offers everything, right? So I do a lot of the strength stuff. I, I mix it up. So every other day I'll do. I'll do biker running, and then the next day I'll do strength training. Um, and they've, it's it's so you can do it live or on demand. I do most of it on demand because the live stuffs at like times you got I got to make the time work with kids and everything. But I do the right. on demand stuff, and um, you find the trainers that you really enjoy and relate with, and the music that you like, and 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 then I, you look at how hard the class is based on people's ratings. If you're feeling it, um, you do an eight and a half you know, out of 10 and it kicks your ass and you feel like a million bucks after that's just me, you know, whatever, but that's, that's my escape from the kids. That's awesome. This is back to Nick Nielsen. I'm sure. Uh, second coming of Carl Richards. Oh, I took it before. down. Sorry. Yeah. About that. That's all right. Um, so yeah. Uh, awesome. The uh, creator of the behavior gap who is a, uh, and he writes in a, in a column, which I was just looking, which I never knew. I always knew the behavior gap is something I learned about him right when I started. So I've always known about uh, Carl yep. Richards and love the simplicity of his drawings. And it it really influences me on how I speak and the fact that obviously a picture says a thousand words, but um, don't always have to use a thousand words to explain something to somebody too. So, Well, and we'll talk to uh, Nick about it Wednesday, but like, guys. I'm sure that's got to be an influence of some kind. Organic reach is a limited variable that can help you grow your brand. It will not last forever. I know that like, it just, it, it will not last forever. I know you've heard it a million times, but please, if you can take advantage of it, take advantage of it. If you need Why help. We start doing the show every day. Yep. Seriously, because I was like, you know what? Are we doing it too much? Do people not want to see this? And I was like, ah, forget about it. Like, this isn't always going to happen. Like, I just want to make sure that the, the show sees almost 100 people a day. If it's a really good show, it sees more. You know, And we get feedback. We, I mean, we're finding new, new users. We're finding new clients, yeah. new peoples to join our community through this stuff. And that same thing will apply to your business. I promise yep. you. Yeah. So I know you can't, not especially as advisors, you can't always do stuff like this. You can't be like, I have an idea and just do it, but you have to find the box you can play in and execute within that, like to your fullest extent. That's all we can do. Period. So, story. Cheers. Cheers. See you guys. Thank you for listening. We hope that you find value in this show. We hope that you find value in MCO Advisors. You finding success through our $25 a month service means everything to us. If you found value in this show, please leave us a rating. Thank you all. Talk soon.